the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. I got a joint here, man. I've been saving for a special occasion. Is that a joint, man? I got that. Looks like a quarter pounder, man. <laughs> wow, Sam Belita, my mother's gonna kill me. Why, why Simply, why don't you tell us why, why you're playing this marijuana stuff right now? Uh, I think because of the date. Last I checked, it was 420. Okay, so let me just give everyone a little, because we, we're going to have two guests on the show today to talk about the whole cannabis culture and this whole 420 thing. It's become a thing now. Um at locations in the United States where cannabis is legal, cannabis dispensaries will often offer discounts on their products today on April the 20th. Why? Why? Well, we'll tell you here on the Authority Dollar Power Hour. In 1971, five high school students in San Rafael, which I've been to, California, used the term 420 in connection with a plan to search for an abandoned cannabis crop based on a treasure map made by the grower. Calling themselves the Waldos because their typical hangout spot was a wall outside the school, so they're like Waldos, Waldos. The five students designated the Louis Pasteur statue on the grounds of San Rafael High School as their meeting place and at and 4.20 p.m. as their meeting time. The Waldos referred to this plan with the phrase 420 Lewis. After several failed attempts to find the crop, the group eventually shortened their phrase to 420, which ultimately evolved into a code word the teens used to refer to consuming cannabis. So 420 was their code word, kind of like Ralph. Like, in other words, if you made up your own word, like, okay, is Ralphie coming tonight? Are you going to see Ralph tonight? Is Ralph going to be at the party tonight? That was just like a code word of, you know, to see if cannabis was going to be around. So we are going to talk a little bit about this, not because it's the most important thing, but um, it is going on all over the city. They were like, if you looked in the paper today, there were like 20 different 420 activities going on around the city. So we're going to talk to someone about um, the sobriety or lack thereof aspect of it and someone about the the finances of it. Um, but I, I want to quickly just touch on Alec Baldwin. The charges have been dropped against him as of now. 
by special prosecutors assigned to the case. Um, they're new prosecutors. Now, they dropped the charges without prejudice. So that means within the statute of limitations, they can bring certain charges back. Now, typically, I don't know the law in New Mexico, but typically on murder, there is no statute of limitations. So they could bring the charges back against them whenever they want. It seems to me, because there's not a lot of information on this just yet, it seems to me that they want to dig a little deeper and they want to do a little bit more investigation without having the speedy trial clock run against them. The speedy trial clock is after you get arrested, at least in the state of New York, they have 180 days to bring you to uh, to indict you um, and they'll bring you to trial. Um, anyway, I'm jumping around a little bit because... I have these guests that I have to come to, and there's so much I want to say here in this first segment. I also got to tell you about this skunk situation. Yes, the animal. I'll tell you about that in a little while. Skunk. Skunk. Yeah, I'm talking to you about skunks. I want to brag about my uh, partner, Judge John Leventhal. Um, He's a uh, retired judge, and he's a partner here at Idola Bertuna in Cammons. I was doing a little research about uh, the new chief judge of the Court of Appeals, Judge Rowan Wilson, who uh, was a partner at Cravath, Swain and Moore, where my friend Mark Green works. Um, but when he originally got to the Court of Appeals, my partner, Judge Leventhal, was also eligible to go to the Court of Appeals. And when you get, uh, when you want to do that, the um, there's a... Uh, um, by law, and here's the part I want to address. By law, the legislature or the committee has to submit, there's a committee on this, has to submit to the governor seven names for the one position. And these, there are bar committees that rank these people as to well-qualified, highly qualified, highly recommended, uh, exceptionally well-qualified, just plain old qualified, and then there's like a not qualified um, and it's the New York State Bar rates them, the State Trial Academy, the uh, State Trial Lawyers, the State Women's Bar, the New York City Bar, the Albany County Bar, the Tri-County Commission, and the Broome County Bar. So they do all these ratings. So when Judge Wilson, who is now the chief judge, when he was up to go to the Court of Appeals uh, for the first time, not the chief, but just to be on the Court of Appeals, he was ranked uh, alongside Judge Leventhal. And if you look... If you look at these two men side by side being rated by these committees, um, Judge Leventhal actually got a higher grade. He's almost all highly qualified, exceptionally well qualified, commended, highly recommended. Judge Judge Rowan Wilson didn't get any of those. So I'm bragging a little bit about my partner, Judge Leventhal. But here's my bigger point, and this is what upsets me. Today is actually the anniversary of the New York State Constitution. And it is in the Constitution where it talks about uh, how judges on the Court of Appeals get elected or get selected, not because they're not elected anymore. They're selected, selected. Um, but what is clear under the laws today is that anytime there's one opening on the court, there is supposed to be a individual list of seven people who these bar associations rate that are qualified to fill that one slot. And then if there's a second slot, there's supposed to be a second list, a new list. It doesn't say that the people on the first list can't be on the second list, but there needs to be a brand new list. 
Well, with the judge who, so Rowan Wilson was already on the Court of Appeals. And he is now just moving basically from one seat to another seat. He's going to um, just literally like slide over. But that creates another vacancy. And what's supposed to happen with that other vacancy is that there's supposed to be a new list. But there wasn't a new list. And the governor, Governor Hochul, just picked one name from the existing list. It was a violation of the law. And she's already been confirmed. I apologize for not having her name on my fingertips. It's probably in front of the 100 pieces of paper in front of me, but I don't have the time right this second to go through it. Um, And I'm not saying she's not qualified. Apparently, she's very well qualified. But we did not follow procedures. And this is what I was talking about yesterday. We were talking about Judge Viscoso, who uh, is a Southern District of New York judge. She gave a decision saying that Pomerant, the prosecutor, Mark Pomerantz from the Manhattan DA's office, he could testify before Congress. And that's what she said. No one is above the law. Then last night after the show, the, the Circuit Court of Appeals, one judge said, slow down. I'm going to say Mark Pomerantz can't testify. Let me get my other two colleagues and let that, let's have a three-judge panel make this decision at a higher level. But they're following proper procedure. And I believe their papers are due tomorrow. And now maybe that maybe there'll be oral argument. That doesn't have to be. The judges can issue a decision without oral argument as to whether they're going to interfere with Congress and who Congress can call as a witness and who they can't. It's a little bit of a slippery slope because it's supposed to be the separation of powers here. But what we did, so that's the federal government. But what we did here in the state of New York is we just took the rules and threw them out the window and no one cared. Governor Hochul got her pick, her two picks, and just to be clear, she gets a list of seven people. Of these seven, Governor, you pick one, and uh, we'll put it in front of the Senate and see if they get confirmed. The legislature see if they get confirmed. That happened. Rowan Wilson became from an associate judge to the chief judge. Now there's an opening. Now there's the associate judge opening. By law, there's supposed to be a new list of seven. You could have all six names that were on the first list, plus just adding one more. There's nothing wrong with that. And then she's supposed to pick from that list. But she didn't. And when government starts breaking the rules, when government starts breaking the laws, even if they don't have a big consequence, that's a much bigger problem in my mind than Donald Trump and Michael Cohen and a book with business records inside, maybe not adhering to the letter of the law. That's what, that, that I don't like. I don't like, you know, you want to hold people to the highest standards, as Judge Viscoso wrote in her opinion yesterday, you know, nobody is above the law. Well, you know what? The governor's not above the law. The sitting governor's not above the law. The legislature's not above the law. If their rules are there, you got to follow the rules. Okay, we're going to come back. We got two cannabis experts. We're going to have some fun with cannabis. I got to talk to you about a skunk. And um, I don't know, it'll be a fun, lighthearted Thursday afternoon. Don't go away.
Balance of Nature's Fruits and Vegetables, changing the world one life at a time. I really love your product. I'm 38 years old. I'm a combat war veteran, so I've been through a lot. My body's been through a lot. I did two tours in Iraq. So now I'm a school teacher, middle school. I take it every morning, and I definitely notice the difference. I have more energy. I feel healthier. It works for me. Well, ever since I've been taking it, I've been feeling so much better. I have noticed the concentration has gotten better. I have more energy. I love it. I'm going to be a customer forever. And I'm completely happy. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code Brandon. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Power Hour on a Thursday night. Huh. Great day today. I just had a great day today, professionally, personally, and we have a great guest coming on right now. I'm going to give you a little background about our guest so you could show, uh, you know, the credibility that he has because David Gerber has been in the field of addictions in New York for more than 30 years. He has created and led several successful programs to help these addicted, those addicted to alcohol and drugs prior to founding sober at home, an organization that provides addiction to individuals and their families who seek an alternative to formal treatment services. David helped thousands of men and women in uh, uh, in inpatient and outpatient and incarceration programs. Um, David Gerber, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Arthur. Um, so, David, I'm gonna, I just want to preface my statement with this. In 1992, I took the, uh, the bar exam to become an attorney, and um, as a kind of a reward... Yeah, I didn't have a graduation party or anything like that. My folks sent me over to Europe, and I bounced around a little bit with one of my buddies, and I remember going to Amsterdam. And again, this is 1992, <laughs> right? So we're talking about the 31 years ago. And, uh, you know, there was weed and drugs and everywhere all over the place. And, and it was obviously a jovial and fun atmosphere. 
But I could I still remember to this day thinking then, I hope they never do this where I live in New York. And now, as as you know, I mean, my office is here on 45th and 5th. If you're a little stressed out and you believe that THC is going to calm you down, all all I have to do is walk outside and walk up and down the block once, and I'm I'm good. Like, because everyone's smoking, man. I mean, it's crazy here in Midtown. I'm last night I'm walking through Times Square, and the kids are using their iPhone as the the uh, the, the the glass of the iPhone to break up the the actual trees. I think they call them now to then put them in <laughs> into the paper or the blunts or whatever they're using, and they're like rolling joints right. on their iPhone. So David Gerber, a man who has helped many, many people, thousands of people with addiction, the founder of Sober at Home, what do you have to say about all of this? Well, you know, since legalization in New York, uh, the first thing that we should know is that there's up to 1,500 smoke shops that are now selling marijuana illegally. And with a 13% tax on legal weed in New York State, you know, what's the incentive for people to even buy legal weed? And it contributes to the problem that you're experiencing just walking up and down the streets of New York City where everybody is smoking. Yeah, I mean, there is no way. Uh, I, I just don't see a path to the legal places um, making money. But, David, I really would prefer if we could with you because you have such a specialization to talk about the human beings. And, you know, where I live in Brooklyn, I'm one block away from a high school, a public high school. Um, the kids, you know, are sitting on my neighbor's stoop, rolling a joint at 645 in the morning before they go to school. Um, talk to me about that aspect of, of the cannabis industry becoming legal. Well, you know, they take a playbook from, you know, big tobacco. And, you know, when you think about how when you were a kid, you tried to sneak alcohol when you were underage. You know, the exact same thing is happening with our kids and teenagers now. And, you know, the danger to the human body, you talk about the human element. You know, uh, we have uh, four, people who smoke marijuana, teens who are smoking marijuana are four times more likely to develop schizophrenia. Uh, kids are using the edibles. And, you know, in the edible form, there's a couple of problems with that. The first is that when you eat an edible, you don't feel the effect right away, so you don't think it's as strong or as powerful. But keep in mind that today's consumed marijuana is not your parents' or your grandparents' marijuana. The marijuana level, the THC levels in the marijuana from the 1970s hovered between 1% and 5%. Today's consumed marijuana has THC levels in excess of 90%. So that has led to uh, a 1,375% increase in kids going to the emergency room uh, for marijuana-related illnesses. Uh, and because of the high concentration and the slow absorption rate, we're seeing a lot of people that are using these edibles uh, that are consuming far more and putting themselves in harm's way. And it's it's crazy what you said about that the statistic about schizophrenia um but i think that ties into the potency of the 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 product that they're using now versus what they people were using in the 1960s and the 1970s so let me 
Let me put it in context for uh, context for you, Arthur. Trying to compare the marijuana of the 60s and 70s to today's marijuana is like the difference between taking a sip of wine at a party and chugging tequila. That's how different the potency is. The federal government is so far behind in studying this marijuana because they say we've done all these studies on marijuana. In fact, there's over 20,000 uh, pure journal articles on the dangers of marijuana, and now the federal government has said this is a whole new ball game because this is not the marijuana that they've been uh, studying for all these years. So we're talking to David Gerber. He's the founder of Sober at Home, and he's someone who helps people uh, get sober. Obviously, the name speaks for itself, and sober refers to marijuana as well. Um, it's so early in the legalization here, even in the United States of America, even places five or seven years. But what other what other findings has the medical field found regarding this now rampant use of THC products? Well, let, let's start with the, the monetary side because, you know, we talk about how much tax revenue we're going to generate as a result of legalization. And estimates in New York State uh, indicate that we may generate as much as $1.25 billion in marijuana, legal marijuana sales. And that sounds like a lot of money, except when you compare it to the overall New York State budget, which is $212 billion. So you're talking about less than 1% of our state's budget. And yeah, states I couldn't agree with you have, more. It, that was such and, a and garbage and argument. States, and states that have legalized marijuana, for every dollar that they're generating in revenue, which is contributing less than 1% to the overall state budget, they're spending $4.50 on counteracting the impact of legalization. In New York uh, City, what we're seeing is uh, crime, uh, increased uh, violent crimes around these uh, pot shops, robberies, uh, shootings has been in the news lately. And, you know, as I said, you know, marijuana has over 20,000 peer-related journals, that, the, uh, articles that refer to the damage that marijuana causes to the body. Uh, you know, the amount of tar, you know, you mentioned the blunt, right? The amount of tar, tar is the, the part of marijuana that actually is the unhealthiest part. It's the THC that gives you the high. And the amount of tar in a single joint uh, has been uh, linked to the amount of tar equal to a pack of cigarettes. So you can imagine with all the deaths associated with cigarettes, uh, how many complications there are medically, emotionally, psychologically. Dr. Nora Volka of um, NIDA, you know, talked about anxiety. And, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, one of the main reasons for medical marijuana uh, is for anxiety. And it's funny how Pennsylvania seems to be leading the country in anxiety because the vast majority of people that are getting prescribed marijuana medically in uh, Pennsylvania is for anxiety. Well, here's what happens. The reward system that helps you to cope with anxiety is essentially shut off when you use marijuana. And so our ability to develop coping skills to deal with everyday life stressors is substituted with marijuana, which leaves us less able to cope with life's daily challenges. So it increases addiction potential. It, uh, we've seen increases in suicide rates. Uh, I believe the number of people that have uh, committed suicide is up 
uh, over over 4% in people that uh, smoke marijuana. And let's not even, you know, that doesn't even mention about the dangers of marijuana and being on the road and traffic-related crashes and deaths. So we're talking to David Gerber. He's the founder of Sober at Home. I'm not asking you to give away all your secrets, David, but we got two minutes left. Give me some of your secrets about people, young people, old people who really are abusing uh, marijuana. How do you help them get sober at home? Well, I think, you know, first of all, it's important to understand that marijuana is, you know, while it's being uh, billed as something that's safe and natural, uh, it isn't. And it is more potent. It is more powerful. And in states that have uh, legalized marijuana, we see increased numbers of people that are choosing to move to other drugs like opiates. And opiate-related deaths are up in states that have legalized marijuana. So please don't think about marijuana as this safe, all-natural alternative because that's just a lie. So one trick is to look at it as dangerous. It's dangerous. It is absolutely dangerous. It is harmful in hundreds of ways. And uh, and parents, be sure, if you are using marijuana and there are people that can use it recreationally and safely, but keep in mind that you know marijuana stays in your system and it impacts your ability to, for cognitive functioning on the road well after you've smoked. Make sure it stays out of the hands of children. You're educating your children. And programs like Sober at Home uh, offer people the opportunity to get sober uh, with an online group format program in the privacy, in, uh, in the comfort, and discreetly in your own home. David Gerber, the founder of Sober at Home. You can find them at www.soberathomeinc.com, www.soberathomeinc.com. David Gerber, thank you for all you do, and uh, I hope you come back on the show and we could uh, tackle this topic once again. Anytime, Walter. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. We're going to continue a little bit to talk about the cannabis industry and and the finances around it and how it affects our economy. Don't go away. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Think of your favorite beverage or meal that you love to order at your favorite eatery. Now think of how good that makes you feel after just that first bite or sip. For kids and starving families in Latin America and the Caribbean, they don't have that luxury. They struggle to get by on mere dollars per week just to support and feed their families. But you can change that. You can change a life, save a family, and donate by dialing 855-919-4673. That's 855-919-4673. All it takes is a one-time donation of $144 to feed an entire family of four for the next year, thanks to our friends at Food for the Poor. Food for the Poor is then able to provide reliable drinking water and nutritious food in a safe and timely manner. You can change a life, save a family, and donate by dialing 855-919-4673. You can also give online as generously as you possibly can by clicking on the red Give Food banner at the top of am970theanswer.com. I have been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College because court reporters are such an essential part of the legal field. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus 
campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or the School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. The tires screech, the impact is felt. Boom, you've just been in a car accident. It's a scary situation that none of us want to experience. But if you have been injured in a car accident, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. It's important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. So if you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Tuna and Cammon at 212-486-0011. That's 212-486-0011. Or visit us on the web at idalalaw.com. Idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons. Fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with lifetime New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala making the case for the city he loves. Here's Arthur. Twenty. Uh, the whole. I mean, apparently there were guys in California that on years ago in the seventies at four o'clock and twenty minutes they would smoke weed. Uh, again, this was back in the seventies, and it turned into a whole thing. So, <clears throat> four twenty is it now went from the time to the date, and today all over the city of New York, there's all kinds of celebrations or uh, acknowledgments of. 
mar- legalize marijuana. Um, I have on the line Dr. David Kunick, who is academically trained in physical therapy, health plan management, professional networking, and cannabis science. He is a serial entrepreneur, investor relations, and next networking expert. Dr. David, it's Arthur Idala. Welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Uh, thank you so much for having me today. I really do appreciate it. So, Dr. David, you successfully opened seven cannabis companies in the United States t- since 2010, and you served on cannabis boards in the states of Nevada, New Jersey, and Maine. Is that correct? That's correct, and it's actually technically now eight cannabis companies. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations, I guess. I will tell you, here in, in the state of New York, um, the legalization of cannabis and uh, gambling basically happened simultaneously and they're not even in the same league financially of the financial windfall for the state. The gambling is like 10 times bringing in 10 times more income. It may not more than 10 times more income than cannabis is. And I can tell you here, and I, I want to talk to you about the business part of it. There are so many, I think there's three or four legal cannabis places in the city of New York and probably 300 illegal ones. They shut them down, and they're opened the next day. So, Dr. David, you're the entrepreneur. You're the money guy in the world of cannabis. What say you? You are 100% spot on. As someone that has offices in New Jersey, Midtown Manhattan, and also Portland, Maine, I can't walk around New York without passing a a, a cannabis uh, dispensary that's not legit. And you're 100% correct. Gambling is bringing in more money than cannabis right now. And unfortunately, a lot has to do with politics in New York. And if we were to look at other states that had medical cannabis or a decent program for medical cannabis, they're bringing in several hundred million dollars of, of tax revenue. You add in recreational, that's also increasing it. But New York, unfortunately, there's been more and more delays and we know what to do with which is why, one, a lot of people are not looking to invest in cannabis companies in the New York region right now. They're looking at other parts of the country. And secondly, uh, what's also interesting is that I believe it was in the news about two months ago that they're now passing an ordinance for the Times Square area that you're not allowed to use cannabis in the tri-area because it's hurting the tourism. because just reeks of cannabis down there. Um, but in terms of, of where the industry is going, statistically speaking, if you look at the cannabis sector for the last 20 years, every year it's gone up for it's the overall sector of gross revenue. Every single year. That's more than real estate. That's more than technology. That's more than big pharma. And people tend to forget that. So whether you're pro or, or anti-cannabis, it ain't going anywhere. Okay. So now, I'll, now I'm going to flip flip the switch on you a little bit because – you know, I know you're trained in physical therapy and healthcare management. So great. Let's just say people are making money. Let's say entrepreneurs are making money. Let's say the government is making money. Let's say it's saving everyone a little money, which I don't think is true, but we have to pay less taxes. What do you say, Dr. Dave, about so many people now smoking this very potent drug? Well, so this is where I tell people, uh, especially when I give lectures, I'll bring a baseball hat with me and a cowboy hat with me. The baseball hat's a medical hat. The cowboy hat is the business side. As a medical practitioner by trade, personally speaking, I think all 50 states should have medical cannabis. 
recreational is when recreational occurs. But I used to own a bunch. Well, of I apologize, I, doctor. I didn't hear what you. I, I heard what you said about every state should have medical marijuana, and I get it. People have cancer, or they have you know, it's going to help them spur their appetite or whatever it is. I get it. Um, what was the when you put on your cowboy hat? What did you say? I said when I put on my cowboy hat, that's like my business side of things. Um, but speaking and answer your question directly as a medical provider, I'm someone that you also used to own cannabis testing labs where we didn't grow it, we didn't sell it. We were like the FDA of cannabis. So if we're going to truly use cannabis as a medicine and to help with different medical conditions, we need to make sure we test it. You need to know where you're putting it in your body. When I tell people uh, and they go, oh, well, I can go to New York anywhere in the city and buy it, I go, did you ask them for their testing lab report? The answer is no. Did you ask them where they bought the product from and how it was tested? The answer is no. So in other words, you don't know what you're putting in your body. And I've actually given the analogy to many people who say, oh, I used cannabis and it was horrible for me. I go, great. For what medical condition? Oh, I didn't use it for one. Great. What kind of product did you buy? Oh, I don't know. And I say, when people give me that analogy, I go, well, why don't we take all the pills in your medicine cabinet put them all together in a bowl, and you take a random pill. Would you do that? They say, hell no, I wouldn't do that. But you'll go to a random bodega and buy some random weed from someone and just put it in your body. You know, it, it just makes okay, no but here, sense. Let me, let me dig a little deeper, Dr. Dave. Um, yep. Let's just say you're talking about high, like the guys who started the 420, right, the, the, back in, in 1971, um, and they're, they're high school students. How do you feel about five high school students at 420 every day smoking the cannabis that you have cleared is, you know, clean and it's not laced with anything, but but it's a hell of a lot more potent than it was in 1971. As Dr. Dave, how are you feeling about that with the baseball hat on? Uh, so the way I feel about that overall is we don't know what those five kids were doing back then. But I think it's interesting how high schoolers can be given Adderall for ADHD when there's actually different types of cannabis strains where research has shown over in Israel, who's been studying the plant for over 20 years, that actually using cannabis is safer and has less side effects than taking Adderall. But that's okay. But that's still a medical piece of it, and, and I'm not going to disagree with you that yeah. there are aspects of it that should be, you know, medical marijuana should be prescribed by a doctor. What about the kids who don't need it for medical purposes, and they're at seven thirty in the morning or four twenty in the afternoon, and they're smoking a a good joint, according to you guys, you know, like according to your lab, before they go into the classroom or after they go to after they're done with class and they go to football practice. So are we, now let me let me ask you this one quick question. Are we saying in particular someone between the ages of like 13 and 17? Yeah, high school students, yep. I mean, in general, um, it goes back to my other statement. I, I'm pro-medical for all 50 states. Um, use it as a medicine first um, rather than using it for re- recreational. Um, what I also think, too, is that realistically speaking – is that, yeah, that's prob- that's where we have a slight problem, is that we have a lack of education about this drug. Um, personally speaking, 
I, I think the 420 holiday is a catch-22 because you look at the Bible Belt down south and they'll look at 420 and say, well, why do we want to allow medical cannabis when it's, when it's viewed like a recreational drug and they have a holiday? We don't have a penicillin holiday. We don't have a national Advil or oh, ibuprofen. I think, I, I think that's a great but, point, Dr. Dave. I, I really I mean, yeah, touche. Good for you. I think that's that's a great point. Just for folks know, we're talking to Dr. David Kunick. He is uh, really studied the can- the science of cannabis. He's also been involved with the business of cannabis. And look, I understand it's a money maker. Um, I, I I don't mean to put you on the spot of being a student of the history, but how much do you look at this and say, hmm, a hundred years ago, prohibition regarding alcohol, you know, was lifted and tons of people, including especially President Kennedy's uh, father, uh, you know, really made a lot of money when it was illegal and then when it became legal. Is this, from a business point of view, is this the the second coming a hundred years later of prohibition? In my opinion, no. And it's no for a couple of reasons. One, cannabis is mainly outlawed, uh, mainly uh, due to race, to be very simplistic. Um, if you want to get more technical, cannabis is actually quoted in the Bible several times. Um, if we were to look at the history of lobbying to our Congress, it was a lot of big pharma people who were pushing to make sure that cannabis got outlawed. We used to use cannabis all the time earlier in the 1900s people forget that it was used as that medicine and then it's you know you sit here and you have a big change i mean look at hemp clothing as a great comparison the agriculture industry here in the u.s got extremely upset with how much cheaper and more durable hemp clothing was and hemp rope was right but dr david i was asking you about though i I apologize but i wanted to focus a little bit more we have a minute left about the financial piece of it is this going to be a financial, an industry like the alcohol, like the Seagram's family, et cetera, of, you know, financial windfalls? We've already seen significant uh, financial windfall already in this industry. Um, when, when, when you first had me on, as I mentioned, cannabis is the only industry or the only sector where it has shown growth every single year for the last 20 years in a row. No other sector has done that. Um, on top of that, too, some of us will actually call it the cannabis economy because they're saying, statistically speaking, one out of every 15 Americans by the year 2030 will work for a company that does work or is involved in the cannabis sector. All right. Well, Dr. Dave, I guess the, the world of cannabis is not going anywhere. I want to thank you really for taking the time on. I, I wanted a, someone who really knew about this topic and compliments to my producer, Joan, for finding Dr. David Kunick. You can find him at uscadvisor.com, uscadvisor.com. No, Dr. No, Dave Kunick. UCS, 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 I'm sorry, I'm re- I'm looking at it, I apologize, I'm looking at it, but I'm reading it wrong, <laughs> UCS Advisor, and I, I didn't smoke anything today, UCSAdvisor.com, Dr. David Kunick, the CEO of UCS Advisors, thanks for coming on, folks, don't go away, we'll be back uh, right after this quick break. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. 
with us for the very first time a very special guest who is a New York City treasure, a legend in the Harlem community, Reverend Robert Royal. You speak of Jimmy Hoffa. We talk about the uh, father. You knew him, didn't you? The old man was quite a figure, particularly when it came to negotiations, contract negotiations. He didn't take no prisoners. You either were with him or you were against him. And Jimmy Hoffa was true to a fault. He never once deceived anybody. He told you right up front, I'm doing this for my people. And that's what Jimmy Hoffa was all about. A great man, a great man. And in spirit, he still lives in my mind, and I pray God that he lives in every team that walks this earth. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Perillo Tours is starting their 78th year in business with vacations to Italy and now Hawaii, Spain, and Greece, too. I want you to join Joe Piscopo, our very own Joe, on a special Perillo tour to Italy. Steve Perillo and Joe have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, plenty of time to see the most important sites, and a private, fun-filled dinner performance by Joe Piscopo. Next, you fly to Sicily for three nights in Taromina with special day trips along the coast, including Savoca, Forza de Argo, for sites of actual filming events from the iconic movie The Godfather. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three additional nights before flying home. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515 or visit perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. It's like, I don't care about nothing, man. Roll another blunt. Yeah. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed those last two guests. You know, I was trying to pin them down a little bit about, you know, what's this whole industry. And, and I think Dr. Dave made some good points there about, you know, he doesn't agree with like celebrating. Do we have penicillin day? He was obviously pushing hard. Uh, in the direction of the medical marijuana stuff. Um, I just, just read this. City lawmakers fed up with the slow rollout of legalized recreational cannabis and the pro- proliferation of illegal weed stores piled on an Albany bureaucrat who asked for help Wednesday promoting a new pot purchase incentive. Pascal Bernard, a deputy director of intergovernmental affairs with Albany's Office of Cannabis Management, Management, emailed all 51 city council members and all five borough presidents to explain the state's new Why Buy Legal campaign. That's what it's going to be called, Why Buy Legal, which seeks to educate New Yorkers about the pitfalls of buying cannabis products from unlicensed vendors. 
but with only a handful of licensed vendors up and running in the Big Apple and some 1,500 stores openly selling weed on the gray market, Bernard's missive was not well received. You guys are legit doing everything but helping us shut down the illegal weed dispensaries, fumed my councilman, Justin Brannon. There are four legal weed shops in New York City right now. Another four illegal ones will open up before I click send on this email the Bay Ridge-based council member wrote before hitting reply all to the massive chain. Uh, so he's right. My councilman, Justin Brannon, is correct. I mean, there's in Bay Ridge where I live on 3rd Avenue, you know, there's more. I can't, I can't count. I mean, I walk my daughter there in the mornings. Uh, on the weekend, and there's more shops there than I can count. Um, this has just not been done well. And here's what, uh, shame on Albany. This is an Albany thing. Can't be blaming Adams, on the, the mayor, on this. This is an Albany thing. Here's the, the the sad, stupid part of it is we had so many examples. You know, we're not the first. New York is not the cutting-edge state on this. Um you have so many uh, states on the West Coast, the state of Washington, obviously California, Colorado. We had so many places to learn lessons from. And, you know, a year ago I had on this show my polyprep classmate, Steve Kessler, who runs a legal retail cannabis place in the state of Washington. And he said, if you don't crack down hard, hard on the gray market, you, you'll never the legit stores will never make it because they're charging more money because they have to because of the taxes. Um, I mean, they, they walk through Times Square. There's guys offering, you know, or anywhere around here, but especially around Times Square. That's where I walk. That's why I know. Go to Washington Square Park, Union Square Park. Guys offering you weed every, and weed and, and more. So I don't know. There's it's it. It needs to be addressed. I don't know by whom, but it needs to be addressed. Um, I saw a skunk. Yes, this is how I'm going to end the, the show today on Thursday. Um, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to see our friend Joe Piscopo at the National Italian American uh, Foundation. He is uh, the master of ceremonies. They have a big blowout at Cipriani's in uh, right here on 42nd Street. So I'll be walking over. And um, uh, they're, they're honoring... Um, I might know they're honoring my friend Angelo Vivolo, who is the chairman of the board of the Columbus Citizens Foundation, who's one of the sponsors of this show and of which I am a member. Um, they're also honoring the great actor Tony Lobianco. So I'm very excited to uh, head over there. It'll be a, a room full of Italo Americanos. Um, but last night, uh, we left the show. Luca and I went to go see the movie Air which is all about the Nike. And basically, the year, it's all from set in 1984. Sam Bellino, we got to get the soundtrack of that movie. Cause oh, it's got it's the, really good, huh? Well, you played, I think, the day before last. You played in a big, in a big country. That's right. And sure enough, that's on there. You played oh, nice. Rock the Casbah. That's on there. All the, the 1984 hits. Oh, sounds like it's right up your alley. Oh, I was loving it. And to see Matt Damon and Alec, um, come on, Ben Affleck, uh, you know, working side by side in the movie. Ben Affleck is actually the director, but Matt Damon and Ben are going side by side and acting. And, and it's how Nike went from basically being a nobody, 17% of the basketball shoe market. They were really a running shoe, and they convinced Michael Jordan to sign with them by 
not just giving him a shoe, but creating the Air Jordan. The Air Jordan was created before he even set foot on the on the NBA court with um, the Chicago Bulls, and he was the first one to demand a piece of the action. Their first year selling Air Jordans, and this is 1984 money, they made $162 million. Wow, so and he, he cleaned up nice. But he was only going to get a quarter of a million. They were giving him a quarter of a million and a Mercedes SL350, I think. Yeah. Um, but then when he got that percentage, yeah, forget about it. And it was about <laughs> his parents. It's, it's a very good movie. It's worth seeing. But as I'm driving home with Luca in Bay Ridge on Colonial Road, I see this black thing running across. I'm like, oh, no, it's a black cat. Like, Uncle Billy's going to make me. You got to go backwards down the block. You can't let a black cat cross in front of you. You got to back up, let another car pass you so the bad luck goes away. And then I see this white streak. I'm like, that's a skunk. I go, look, look, it's a skunk. In Brooklyn, there's a skunk in Bay Ridge. It's a legitimate skunk. I know we have possums. I know we have uh, raccoons. I've yet to see a deer. Uh, running around the streets of Bay Ridge. Sam Bellino, you got any uh, skunks in Bath Beach? I haven't seen any. I've definitely seen the raccoons and uh, the big, big rats. Well, you live you live close. You don't see any rats by your I, house. I, I, there's definitely this dumb stuff around here. I don't know if you've seen rats. Well, skunks, speaking of skunk, that that's I think that's a type of weed. Because if some weed, when you smells like a skunk. Certainly smells in All the right. air. Well, stay sober on 420. I'm going to uh, Cipriani to celebrate some Italian-Americans. See you tomorrow. Fantastic Friday. Everybody must get stoned. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 